0: I wanted to just share a couple things first and have a reading. I think you're all aware of what's going on over in Israel, the war that's taking place there. And, and what, what I want to read here, I, I read it because it relates to us. That is what happens to Israel relates to us. It's intertwined with us here in these end times. First, I'll read from Psalm 83, then I'm going to move to Psalm 98. "O God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And oh God, do not be still." For behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people, conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, come, and let us wipe them out as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. As you know, many promises talk about the future of Israel. I just want to go to Psalm 98. give gives one perspective on this. Psalm 98 Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand, his holy arm, have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with a lyre, with a lyre and the sound of melody with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, this day. You brought us together here, a little assembly of believers here in Tampa, Florida. We Look around the world. We see what's going on over in Israel. We know, Lord, that this relates to us directly and indirectly, but we just pray, Lord, for peace over there. Pray for your will to be done. Pray, God, that you would, the church that we support in Jerusalem, that you'd help them and keep them safe and use them, God, for your purposes and glory. We do commit them to you. Lord, here we are, and we are ones. We are before you today. We thank you that we can worship together, that we can sing together to you that we can hear your word. And might we be instructed today as Steve teaches from your word, God. We want to know what you want us to know. We want to do what you want us to do. So lead us, help us to be ones who love you and trust you and walk more and more by your spirit. So we just commit this time to you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: So, wow. Apparently I have stronger lung power than Steve or a stronger voice. Um, Steve asked me to teach again this week. I can't imagine why. They had other things on their mind. And he he was so wrapped up in uh, this thing It ain't but about this big. Seven pounds controlled his life for a whole three or four days. And uh, rightly so, because it's uh, from his... Loins his family, another child has come, and it's a great uh, thing to behold. So, as you know, every week somebody comes up and gets a book that looks like this. It may be white, red, black, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's called the Bible. Actually, usually on the front of it says the Holy Bible. I just say Bible says the Holy Bible. So we get together every week, and we listen to somebody read this thing and talk to us about this thing. So what's the big deal? It's a book, right? Pages, words, right? Right? I mean, it's just a book, right? Why all the fuss? Well, the Bible, this Bible, do you know this is the number one selling book in all the world every year? You know, this snake has been around for thousands of years. It was, it was thousands of years in the making, and now it's been thousands of years since it's been made. They try and burn it. They try and throw it away. They try and outlaw it. Everything else, it don't go nowhere. It won't go nowhere. This is what this book says about itself. In 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect. So the Bible says that God had certain men that he chose and he literally controlled what they would write down and they wrote exactly what he wanted them to write in the exact way he wanted them to write. That's what this book says about itself, okay? Okay. Bible says in 2 Peter one twenty one, no prophecy, nothing that's written in this book, was ever made by an act of human will. But men were moved by the Holy Spirit and spoke from God. That's what this book says about itself. How many believe that? Okay, everybody's hand goes up, I know. This... We believe as Christians that God decided he was going to reveal himself to the world. The medium that he chose was by his word. And he brought somehow by his spirit the ability on those people to write inerrantly, everything that God wanted us to know. That's why it's the book that it is. That's why it's been around thousands of years. That's why the world hates it. That's why they want to destroy it. Because it speaks of their sin. It speaks of how they get to God and the things they have to do, and they don't like that, and they don't want that. And so they refuse against it. It, And Jesus, as he was talking all of his life, you, you can't even count how many times he said, It is written. When he was tempted by Satan, he kept quoting scripture back to Satan. It is written. He knew the power of God's word. So if God wrote this book, we've all raised our hands and said, we believe that this is actually God's word. He really wrote this. Don't you think we ought to treasure it above everything else we have? Whoa, okay. (laughs) If this is the most important this is God talking. Shouldn't we be reading this all the time? Shouldn't we be just, this book should be so precious to us. Think about the Jews. When God gave them the word, they wrote it on scrolls. They'd keep it in a special chest in the, the tabernacle or in the temple. And, and they could only take it out for a special occasion to read it on God's word when the, the scribes transcribed the the scriptures, supposedly, and I, I think this is what actually happened, every time they wrote the name Jehovah, they'd throw the pen away and get a new pen. It was so important to them, so sacred. And I could tell you right now, I bet I've got 10 copies of God's word in my house, just for myself, all different translations. Um, and yet... I can't say that I read it the way I should. If the President of the United States wrote you a letter, you'd put it in a frame and put it on your wall, and every time you went by, you'd look at it. Maybe not this one, but certain presidents. Think of whoever it is that you like, you think the most of in all the world. If they wrote you a letter, you'd put it on the wall, and you'd read it all the time. You might even memorize it because it would be so special to you. And yet the God of the universe, who sent his son to die for you, who called you to himself, wrote you a book, and, and I'm not willing to spend the time in it, I should. That's sad. The Bible says that it is food for us. When Jesus was uh, quoting back to Satan, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Somehow, when you read this, it feeds you spiritually. That may not make sense, but somehow the, the word is living and powerful, alive. It's a food for us, so when you dig into it, it makes you stronger spiritually. Uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, So it's a map for your life. You want to know how you're supposed to live, what's going to bring you the most joy, peace, love, happiness, fruits of the Spirit. Got it right here. It's all right here in the map, right here in the, in the how-to book. Uh, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the Word was God. So Jesus is, was the Word incarnate, everything you want to know about God you could visibly see and this Bible is about how we can have a relationship with Him. If you want to know how you can have a relationship with God, what He desires in a relationship with you, it's all right here. This is the how-to book. Okay, So my thing today is going to be how to get to know God's Word. How do you get a grip on it? Hang on, I've actually got visual aids. Hang on. I tried to get it in white. I, I went to the dollar store. They didn't have any white. I got pink, but maybe it'll make a bigger impression on you. So we're going to talk about five ways to get God's word in our heart, and they use the illustration to get a grip on it. Okay, you're going to grab it. So you got five fingers. There's five things that the Bible says you can do. To get a grip on God's word and get it inside of you, okay? You can hear it. They they go. This is going to go from the least effective. I'm not going to say it's not something that's good, but as you go up, as we go up to the fifth one, the more you do those things, the better it's going to be for getting God in your heart. Hearing it is good. You come on Sunday morning. Somebody sometimes when we read the scripture, we say you can read it in your Bible with us, or you can just simply listen to the Word of God. There's CDs and other things that you can do. Number two, you read it. You're going to get a little more out of it when you actually look at the words. You're running it through your mind. Sometimes I like to read out loud. It helps my ears hear and grasp it a little better. Then from there you move to studying it. Now that means you're going to dig into something. Then we go to memorize it, where you actually take God's Word and You remember the words permanently in your mind, same way you memorize your multiplication tables and your alphabet, you're going to take God's word and put it in your heart. And last you say, what could be better than that? Well, meditating on it, because you can memorize something and just, I memorized at one point the Gettysburg Address Preamble to the Constitution. I can quote them, but it don't really mean a whole lot to me. Sometimes it sounds like I'm just spitting them out, wrote, 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 wrote. But meditating means now I'm going to start to think about it, i start to chew on it a little bit, run it around in my mind and get more. So it goes from least effective to most effective. The more you do the last thing, the better grip you're going to get on God's word. So let's start with here. Simply means to listen to God's word. We talked about our ears last week if you were here. Like I said, you can have apps on your iPhone, listen to the Word of God. You could be driving your car and have the your iPhone sitting there on the dash just reading God's Word to you. There's radio it would be on sometimes, you could listen to that. You can get CDs, people with amazing talking voices, and in, and they're just sitting there reading the Word of God. It's fun to listen to that. It's like a like a story when you're a little kid and you listen to somebody read you a story. You read God's Word and it's Fun to listen to it and to hear it. Um, Nehemiah 8. After the people came back from being um, taken away to Babylon, they worked at rebuilding the walls, got them all the way up. Now they have a giant celebration, right, to recognize that God had had brought them back. They had repented. God had given them the land again. Nehemiah had a great idea. Ezra, why don't you get the scroll and read the word of God to these people. And the, everybody that was there in Jerusalem gathered in the square, and they read the word of God out loud from dawn till noon. And everybody stood and listened intently, it says. Wow. It's a long time, six hours to listen to somebody just read the word of God. And you've got to remember, too, the word of God to them they're saying God wrote us. He, he gave it to us, right? It's special to them, but most of them they didn't have a copy. They could only hear it when they went to the synagogue of the temple. And how long it had been probably since any of these people had heard the word of God, and how real it was to them to hear again how Moses brought them out of the out of the wilderness and into the promised land and all those things. So, um, in Joshua chapter eight, verses thirty and forty, after they got the first couple of victories, they beat Jericho, they beat Ai. They stopped and made a a monument to God. And they covered it with plaster and they wrote God's word on there, the the commands of God and stuff. There was two mountains, Mount Ebal Mount Gerizim. They took half the people on one of them, half on the other. One of them was about blessings, one was about cursings. And they read all that God commanded them for going into the, the promised land. And the curses that would happen if they didn't obey God, and the promises that would happen if they did and they'd all go, amen and amen and amen and amen. <laughs> and they read all of that and people just stood on the mountain like an amphitheater listening to God's word. Exodus 24, 7 and 8, um, Before, just before they went to promised land, Moses took the word of God and all of the promises that God had given them for going into the land and he just read them and the people sat there and listened. Reading is good. There's a I didn't make the chart, but there's a chart that shows you how you learn, how effective learning is. The very top is hearing. It says you only to remember about 5% of what you hear. So I don't remember what 5% of what I'm talking about this morning you're going to remember. The only one you get is, this is God's Word. Grip on it. <laughs> That's fine by me. That's the whole purpose of this. But you're only going to get about 5% of what you hear. Next step is to read. You're going to remember more of what you read. The chart says maybe 10%. Of what you read depending on how interesting it is to you sometimes I remember when I was a kid they had a reading program and I wasn't very good at reading I had a hard time reading some of the things that they had just weren't interesting to me and they brought out this one new thing that they came out with and the reading books were divided into categories and like they had this one that was on dinosaurs about six books man I read them like I I couldn't eat enough of them because I found something that was really interesting to me. The Word of God ought to be like that to us too. But reading, when you're really interested in something, you're going to gain more. It means to see the words, comprehend them. It's good to read it out loud to help you. Psalm nineteen seven through 11. Let me read that real quick. He's talking about how important the Word of God was to the author of that psalm. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired. Are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb? Moreover by them your servant is warning, and keeping them there's great reward. Do you hear how important the word of God was to that writer of that psalm? How much he desired to read it and grasp it and as like honey to him from a honeycomb. How exciting that was. In Deuteronomy 17, 18, and 19, God commanded that when Israel had a king, that king was to take and get a copy of the Word of God written for himself, and he's supposed to read it every day. Why? So that he would know what God wanted and lead the people according to what God wanted. In the Gospels, dozens of times, Jesus asked the Pharisees, Have you not read? They're supposed to be the guys that are teaching everything. They're supposed to be the ones who know the word of God, he said. Does this sound like foolishness to you? Is this something you've never heard before? Haven't you read God's word? Think about Jesus, 12-year-old in the temple, confounding the, the wise men that were there because he knew the word of God so well. Because he read it, even as a boy. The spiritual heritage of the Jews, the bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, they have to learn a bunch of verses. They, have to, they spend their time in their school not just learning, reading, and writing, but in learning the Word of God. It's paramount in their studies because it's so important. They read it and grasp what God has for them. So if you, if you hear it, that's good. 5% retention. If you read it, it's even better. 10% retention. You're, you're starting to gain a little ground. Number three... Study it. Ooh. How many of you love to hear that word in school? Study. We're going to study, right? Yeah, I want to study. Parents tell you, to get your homework, go study. Loads of fun. It ought to be fun to study this because of all the benefits we get out of it, all the excitement that we can have in learning more about God. Study means to apply one's mind purposefully to the acquisition of knowledge or understanding of a subject. So you're purposeful about it. you're sitting down, you're reading things, you're you're doing experiments, whatever it is that you're you're trying to learn to put inside your mind, whatever subject it is you want. So that's what's <laughs> going to happen where the Word of God is too. Second Timothy two: fifteen says, "Study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So God wants you. To be a great student of his word. One day we'll stand before him. We can ask him all the questions about the Bible, but what if we don't know nothing? <laughs> don't know what to be a little embarrassing, wouldn't it? One day Jesus is going to ask that same question. Have you not read? Did you not read that I had it there for you, but you didn't get it? 1 Peter 1:10 talks about the Old Testament prophets as, as God revealed to them different things about what the Messiah was going to be, the prophecies of Jesus coming, all those things. It says, they searched the scriptures to find out if it was going to be now or later or what it was. These prophets are so excited. Is this going to happen now, God? Or, or what part does my, my little prophecy mean in all of that? Searching the scriptures to know what God has? Now, this is a great one, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Paul went to all these cities, and he taught everywhere he went about what God was going to do with the church. And he went to Thessalonica, and they listened and said, yeah, we love that, Paul. And he went to a place called Berea. And the Bereans, when they heard Paul teaching, they said, wait a minute, is that so? Let me look in the Old Testament. They started getting the scriptures and searching them to see if the things that Paul said was true. (laughs) That, that's a little nervy there, you know. Paul, the great apostle, and you're going to question what he's saying. Paul said, they're more noble than the guys at Thessalonica. That's what, I, Paul said, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see. When you hear something about the word, you can't take everything I say as gospel truth. You can't take everything Steve says as gospel truth. Anywhere you hear the word of God somewhere preached, it's your job to question, to look, to read, to learn, to study, to find out if the things that they're saying are true study. Another visual aid. How many of y'all recognize this? Anybody ever seen one of these before? A concordance. Anybody know what a concordance is? Every word that's in the Bible is in here. You can look up the word possession and it looks like there's about, I don't know, 50 or 60 different times verses in the Bible that the word possession is used. You want to know what the Bible says about holiness. Look up the word holy. Go to all the scriptures and read every one of them and it'll tell you what God thinks holy is. It'll define it for you. It'll tell you who's supposed to be, how you be it. Okay. Studying the Bible, you can take that and even in the back of the concordance, something even cooler, beside the word that's in there, it has a little number. And if you go in the back of the concordance, it has the Greek word or the Hebrew word and its definition. makes a difference when you look things up. God says he helps the humble, he resists the proud. If you go in, in the concordance and you look in the back, the word resist is a military term, and it means like a general would set up his army and all of his cannons and armed forces, like Israel is now on the border of Hamas. So it says if if... You are humble and recognize that God's the one that does everything. He's going to lift you up. He's going to help you. If you're proud and you say, I don't need God. I can do this myself. He's going to set his forces up in front of you to stop you. Woo! I don't think I want to be in that predicament. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples just like that. If you take the time to look in God's word... Look at the words, what they mean, how they speak to us. Studying. I would advise anybody, go online, and you can get a used one somewhere, Concordance. there's um, Vines is a a dictionary of New Testament Greek words, and you can look up a word, and it'll give you what that definition means, and sometimes he gives you little gems of of what God's meaning by teaching in that, that way. Study. Okay, we've got Reading. We got hearing, 5%, reading, 10%, study. Get 20, 25% of what you learn. That's a lot more. You, you got one fourth of everything that you study about, you're going to retain for a long while. The next level is memorize. And I would say you're going to get 100%, but that you will have 100% of the words in your mind, but that don't mean you're going to have 100% of what it means. because... You can memorize verses and, and just read straight through them, and it may not mean everything to you it should. But memorization of God's Word is very important. He desires for us to memorize His Word. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By paying attention to your Word. Your Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you hide it there, keep it in your heart when Satan comes around, you got something to God's got something to say. The Holy Spirit can take that verse and say, "Hey, here's what God says." Not what Satan says. Psalm 40 verse 7 and 8 was talking about the prophecy of the Messiah coming of Jesus, and it talks about how he's going to have the word of God living inside of him powerfully. And Jesus did that. When they tried to arrest him, the soldier came back and said, Nobody talks like this. (laughs) I've never heard anybody teach like this, man. He teaches with authority. He teaches the Word of God. Deuteronomy 6 5 through 8, the Jews, it said that they were supposed to take the Word of God and teach it to their children when they're having supper, when they get up in the morning, when they're out in the field working. When they're sitting at night, just talking, everywhere the word of God was supposed to be a part of their lives. They're supposed to constantly be thinking about it, memorizing it, putting it in their hearts, so that God would be able to use it. They actually took the Jews, and they had little things. They would put a, a little scripture, the word of God, put it in a little. Phylactery, they called them, and they would hang them on their, the edge of their turbans so they'd see the Word of God there all the time. And the Jews liked to take some of the Word of God and they put it in a little thing that they put on the side of the door of their home. Janet put one up on our door says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord from Joshua. So, memorizing the Word of God cannot be emphasized enough of what it can can do for you. Satan is going to come at us, and he's going to try and tempt us. He did for Jesus. He took him in the wilderness, tempted him for 40 days and nights. Satan kept trying to trick him. Well, if you're really God's son and you can do miracles, make these rocks into bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He quoted Bible back to him. (laughs) Satan didn't learn. He tried again. Same thing happened the second time, the third time. Every time Jesus faced Satan, even the people, the Jews that came against him, he would always quote God's word. Because it's the answer to anything that that Satan throws against us. He may be a roaring lion, but he can't defeat God's word. So uh, Proverbs 2.1 says that wisdom or God's word supposed to be so special as we're supposed to store it in our hearts. And Proverbs 3, 1, same thing. He talks about the commands of God, how important they are, how much they should mean to us, and that we should keep them hidden in our hearts. Write them on the table of your heart, it says, so that you can find favor with God and with man. Now, Most of us are going to say, I can't memorize. (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say, I can still sing the theme song to Gilligan's Island and the Beverly Hillbillies. I can still sing songs from the 60s and 70s that I learned when I was in junior high school and high school. But, I can sing about 200 hymns in the hymnal from memory, too. I can remember lines from movies. How many of y'all can do your times tables? At least up to probably 8, 9, 10. Okay. When did you learn that? Come on. Second, third, fourth grade, maybe, at the least. I'm not going to ask you how many years ago that was, but still got it in your head, right? Memorize the alphabet. That's still there. That was first grade. Uh, you can memorize, any of us can. We just got to ask God to help us do it. Sometimes you got to start out small. A great verse everybody knows, Jesus wept. Got it, okay. Most of you all know John 3.16. That's an easy verse to memorize. Uh, Romans 3.23, all of sin falls fall short of the glory of God. We all have verses... What makes them easier to memorize is when you find something that you need them for. Okay? So you're struggling with fear. You go to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, "...be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." Because I worry about fear, i got a verse that goes with it. If you're worried about feeling like, does God really still love me? Is he there? Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. There's a lot of verses about God's talking about, be not dismayed. I'm there for you. Though you go through the waters or the fire, I'll be with you. There's countless verses that talk about those things. So look at everything in your life. That you're struggling with a little bit, that you see, the things that you see Satan is, has a temptation that he wants to bring against you, the weaknesses in my own heart. I see those, and then I get my concordance, or I ask somebody, and I find a verse that talks about that and how God's gonna give me the power to overcome that. Temptation, flee youthful lust. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. God's faithful. He'll not tempt you above what you're able, but will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's a verse in the Bible for everything you need. Just need to find it. I was in a program called the Navigators. They used to have these little cards. Put them in your pocket, pull it out during the day, look at it, read it over. You do that for about a month. You're going to memorize the verse. Do you know that? It's not hard. Just get a verse. Put them on your mirror in your in your bathroom. Put them in the kitchen on the on the stove. Put them on your car on the dash, or your rear mirror. Pick that verse and work on it. Memorizing God's word gives us the power. He says His word in Ephesians six. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit that we fight against Satan. We use it as a defense, as an offense against Satan when he comes against us. Then, the highest level, I know you're asking yourself, how can you have more than that? Because you've got 100%, it's in your mind. You can do even more than memorize. You can do something called meditate. And I'm not talking about sitting cross legged and going, oom. Um. I always like that other one is, oh, what a fool I am. Say it real fast. Oh, what a fool I am. Oh, what a fool I am. Mm. Meditation is to reflect on, to contemplate, to consider at length in your mind. So once we got God's word hidden in our minds, now we can start to mull over it. A cow has, what, six stomachs, I think it is. They chew the cud, and then they spit it back up, and they chew it some more, and they spit it back up, and they chew it some more. You can meditate on God's Word all day long. It can come back to you. You know, you're thinking about it. You read something in the morning, and all of a sudden, something happens during the day. reminds you of that verse. You start thinking about it again. God will bring His Word to mind to help you think about it, to dwell on it. It's... It's not just words on a page. This is about who God is, about who He wants you to be, about what He desires for your life, about what He wants to give you. All of those things are there, part of meditation. Joshua eight. Joshua told them after they conquered the land, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate on it day and night. He says you'll have Good success, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. God's word, meditating on it, yields dividends in our hearts and our minds. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or seat in the sit of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in it he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf will not perish, and he'll bring fruit. And whatsoever he does will prosper. Why? Because he loves God's word, and he meditates on it day and night. He's got his roots down there. Psalm 119.97 says, I love your law. It's my meditation day and night. <laughs> uh, what, are you singing, Sanders? that a song? Okay, we'll sing that one next week. Philippians 4, nine he says, Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think, meditate on these things. That's a great thing to spend your day thinking about, not where you're, what, what our economy's doing, what our president's doing, what anybody's doing other than what God's doing. So meditate on him and his word. Colossians 3.16, we sing this one too. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. So just take a a verse and think about the words that are in it. That's the way we do it. Like, for example, John 3.16. Pick the words out. God. God's God. The God of this universe. The God who made everything. Especially if you're outside at night. If you're thinking, look at the stars and stuff. That God... So loved the world. What do you mean he loved the world? He should hate it. They're, they're shaking their fists at him. They hate him. They do everything against him. He loved that world, all the people that are in it, that he gave. Okay? He was willing to come as a human being and die on a cross for those people. That whosoever believes, anybody, even me, even you, as eternal life, eternal life in heaven, not eternal damnation, eternal life. Just meditate on all of it. you could pick any, take any verse and just look at the words and what's in there, what God is saying, how rich those words are, how much God is trying to say through them. So once you get a grip on God's word, what are you going to do with it? You can share the gospel, right? 1 Peter 3.15 says sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready to give an answer for any man to ask you the reason that's in you with meekness and fear. So what's that hope? Somebody looks into you and says you look like you're hopeful. You look kind of joyous in the midst of things that are going on. What's the key to that? Share him what Jesus has done in your life. To battle Satan the way God Jesus did in the wilderness. You can quote scripture at him if if, if. He tells you that God doesn't love you. you. can say, God told me as far as the east is from the west, he separated my sins from me. Never to remember them again. All I have to do is confess him. If he questions whether you're saved or not, if, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart he raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Have you done that? Yep, then you are. No more questions there. No more worries. Encouragement. I will never leave you or forsake you, he says in Hebrews 13, 5. Faith, Philippians, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Courage, Isaiah 41, 10. Be not afraid. (laughs) Don't fear. The Lord your God is with you. Hey, if God's on my side, who can be against me, right? God wants all of us to be able to understand His Word, to obey His Word and to use His Word. If you're hearing it, you're only getting about 5%. If you're reading it, you're getting 10 If you're studying it, 25 maybe 30 if you're really digging deep. If you're memorizing it, if you're meditating on it, God's Word is going to be alive in your heart and you'll gain so much. We can't imagine the joy and the peace and all the things that He desires to give us if we would just dig into the Word and let it get a grip on us. Not just get a grip on it, but let it get a grip on us. Let's pray. Father, we can't imagine all that You have for us in Your Word. It is so rich, so deep, and we've just barely skimmed it. I have anyway. I should have... Such a desire to stay in it all the time, and I'm ashamed I don't. I just pray that you might give us that desire. You might work on our hearts to make us love it, make us desire it, make us want it. Make it come alive to us so that every time we read it, it draws us in. And help us to be committed to memorizing it and meditating it. We ask it in your name. Amen.